0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life Church Pullman, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, hello, Real Life family. Thanks for joining us online, and good to see all of you out at Change for Life Church in Montana as well. Thanks for joining us today. Um, It is good to be back with you this week. It was nice to see Corbin back in the saddle last week, and he did an awesome job. Definitely look forward to seeing him back uh, on the preaching and teaching team here in the mix in the weeks and months to come. But uh, a couple quick reminders for you before we jump in this morning. First of all, WSU gear on this morning because uh, this is my tribute to uh, students and folks coming back into town here for college. And so those of you that are back, thanks for coming back uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you at church. I want to make sure you know that uh, many of you are back in town from the west side uh, we do have church in person Thursday nights out at Colfax 630 for a Thursday night service. And then here in Pullman, up on the WSU campus at Daggy Hall, we meet there at 9 and 1030 in person. And so and then, of course, online uh, every week as well. And so. That's what you need to know about that. And then a couple other reminders for all of us, including our folks out at uh, Change for Life or our uh, people just watching online, wherever. We've got a worship night this Thursday night. And so there's no church out at Colfax Thursday night. We're all gathering together as a whole church, a whole body. We're going to be at Daggy Hall on the WSU campus at 630, and we're going to be there for a worship night. It's going to be a great night where we're going to talk about uh, God with us, and we're going to worship together. We're going to hear some cool stories and testimonials, and uh, just looking forward to getting together as a family and worshiping. I want to make sure all of you know that uh, we have lots of room, and so wear your mask. Uh, sit with your household groups and kind of your bubble families that you're comfortable with. Come together and uh, we're going to have a great night worshiping. We're also going to be live streaming that event. So those of you that are out of the area and can't make it that night can watch online live. And for all of our family over in uh, Montana at Change for Life, you guys can watch it live stream and gather together as a church. And don't forget for you, it is uh, 7.30 uh, kickoff time. For that event for you guys there in Montana. So that's the scoop on that. And then just a reminder to all of our folks here local. Uh, Sunday, September 6th is the is uh the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. No church that Sunday. Um we are finishing up this Sabbath series, and as we do, we're gonna wrap up with uh worship that Thursday night, and then the following Sunday, the sixth, is no church. We really wanna just encourage all of our folks. Uh, to just take a break, to just take a deep breath, enjoy the long weekend, and uh, just really take a Sabbath day for sure, to set aside time to rest, to refresh, to reflect, remember, um, all of the things that we've been learning and talking about. Uh, it has been a crazy busy, weird season, right down to the wire of when school is going to start. There's been so much change Uh, now navigating at the very last minute, how are we going to do at-home school? For those of you that have still uh, elementary, middle school, high school kids at home, uh, college students doing distance learning, like right down to the last minute, everything has just been topsy-turvy. And so really, uh, all of you watching, please uh, take advantage of Labor Day weekend to take time off, to take a breather, and to give yourself permission to take a Sabbath. And so that's, that's what we want to make sure you remember. So we are wrapping up the Sabbath series this week, right? And so this is going to be the last one in the message of the series. And I've been getting some really good feedback about people that have been putting it into practice. And um, I just would love to hear how the series has impacted you. What message in particular stood out to you? which one did God really speak to you through? How are you being encouraged in, uh, and affirmed in things that you've been doing right? Um, how are you being challenged? And so um, just shout out to us online if you're watching, or you can shoot me an email at thad at rlcpullman.com. I would love to hear your story. What has God been up to with you, uh, particularly as you've been going through this series? So um, at the beginning, we talked about how the Sabbath is really the, probably the most rejected gift ever that God gives us. He gives us this awesome, amazing blessing of a day off, a, a day to, to rest and reflect and refresh ourselves. And so often we just don't accept the gift. And so that was sort of the, the, the theory behind this idea of talking about Sabbath as a rejected gift. And, and I think the reality is, is I hope that what we've come to learn is that if we would accept this gift and, and really open it up and unwrap it, we would begin to see all of these amazing things that come along with Sabbath, right? That, uh, the things that we've talked about through this series, the, the idea that it really helps us, um, grow in our faith and our trust in God, that God's a God that can provide, um, that we learn that God's a God who wants us to know when to say enough is enough, just like he did in creation. We also learn that, um, that we're reminded that our life is not about just constantly working, right? God isn't a God that wants us just on the go 24-7. We're 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 not designed to live and, and operate that way. God instead wants us to embrace this new rhythm of six days on and one day off and rest. And, and then we also talked about how the Sabbath helps us reconnect to our identity, right? That we're not only as good as what we can do, right? We're not defined by our ability to produce or how much work we can do. Instead, we are a people that God chose as his very own, right? Like that, that we're a people that God will fight for and that, and uh, God will defend. And so we looked at those things. And then last week, uh, Corbin helped us look at perspective. And remember, he talked about when we want to, uh, get a right perspective, and that's part of what we need to do on Sabbath, is to check our perspective, the best place to go for that is right to the very beginning of God's commands to His people. And He shared with us how that comes from Exodus 20. Uh, Really, verses 1 and 2 are the first command, like He shared about last week. If you missed it, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was a super- timely message for all the things going on in the world right now. And he did a great job giving some real practical examples of how to check our perspective. But I want to read Exodus 20 uh, with us again today. Exodus 20 verse 1 says, then God gave all the people uh, these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. And And this is it. This is a right perspective, right? This is where we go back to to kind of do a gut check. God is God, and you are the people who were rescued from your slavery, right? God is God, and we're not, right? We were the rescued people. And that really brings me to what I want to dig into today, this idea of freedom. And this area of freedom and how does it pertain to Sabbath and what does Sabbath have to do with us being free? Like I think it'll come together for us as we unpack this message. So hang in there with me. But I I just want to say that when we talk about freedom, I think this is an area where people who come to know about Jesus really don't understand the freedom stuff that they hear about. They don't understand specifically about the, the freedom that God is offering or the freedom in Christ that people here talked about. And when we don't rightly understand it, it leads to all sorts of confusion and frustration, even anger. I, I mean, oftentimes people just get exasperated with all of it and they just out and out walk away from Jesus altogether. And so I just want to explain a little bit. People hear a lot of little bits and pieces about God's message, right? Right. We we hear a nugget here, a little piece here, a, a chunk there, but we don't really maybe hear all of it and we don't understand it all like early on when we're first hearing about uh, who God is and what his plans are. And so we hear little bits and pieces. They hear things about that God is a God who rescued his people from Egypt, right? And so, and that they were to be set free from the slavery that they were involved in there. And then they may hear another little nugget about the fact that Jesus came to set sinners free. Or other things about the idea that there is freedom in Christ which is kind of an abstract idea and yet there's something about it that feels appealing but it's also sort of confusing and and they hear things about um, that in Christ there's freedom from things like bondage that uh, things that enslave us and there's even freedom from sin like from our mistakes our mess ups our screw-ups somehow there's freedom in this Jesus stuff From even the things we've done wrong and so you sort of get what I'm getting at here like there's uh, people hear a lot about freedom as it pertains to God and Jesus and and kind of Christian uh, phrases and sayings but I think a lot of people just don't understand really what freedom is and the truth is freedom sounds great right Freedom sounds so good. It, it, it's appealing. It's uh, the appeal of freedom itself, I think, is the thing that really. Probably launches a lot of us out of our homes with our parents when we're teenagers like we can't wait to get out and experience some freedom on our own right like and oftentimes it's the same thing that causes us to want to leave the town that we grew up in because we want to leave all of that behind because in our mind there is this freedom to be had out there this adventure to go on this world to explore and and we think that freedom awaits and so that's the pull. And we actually live in a country where freedom really is the norm, right? It's, it's actually demanded, if anything, in our country. If someone isn't free, it seems like a huge injustice. And in the world that we live in, freedom is announced. It's celebrated. It's, it's something that's on everybody's lips. But here's the truth not many people actually feel very free, right? For a country that seems to know so much about freedom and value it so highly, why do people not really experience freedom? maybe you're going, I don't know, like what have you got to back that up? How's that, how do you, where are you coming from with this idea that people don't really feel free? How how about this? We live in a country full of complainers and a society full of addicts, right? Everywhere we turn, we hear complaints, right? I I can't spend my money the way I want to. I can't spend my time the way I want to. I can't be myself. I'm sick of people always controlling me and telling me what to do. I mean, it's just complaint after complaint. Everywhere we look, we hear and see people complaining. And on top of that, everywhere in our society, we run into addicts. Addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, addiction to compulsive work habits, uh, this obsessive consumption of food and entertainment and media and pornography and whatever makes you feel good. People just overdo it to the point of addiction. Most people love the idea of freedom, but they don't really understand it they're a lot like the teenager that wants to strike out from home seeking that freedom that i talked about but really all of us uh, have probably been there and we recognize that yes it sounds awesome when you're 18 19 striking out from home and freedom is just out around the corner and then we find out that freedom isn't really what is coming when we leave home we're not really free right we're just trading masters if you will like we were enslaved to our parents and we had to do whatever they said and then we find out that now we got to do whatever our boss says or our teachers at college say or you know whoever is telling us when the rent is due right we just trade one for another but we're not really free now listen do you want to know what is so special about a real christian a true christian like a person who is really following Jesus is they understand something. People that are really digging in and following Jesus, they understand that the problem at hand isn't really about freedom. That's not really the challenge. The, the, the real challenge at hand is not about freedom. Listen, the real challenge, and a Christian that's really following Jesus gets this, the real challenge at hand is is. Choosing to serve a better master. It's about choosing to serve a better master. Learning how to look for and find a a better God. The right God to follow. Like, how would we go about that, right? You you get to understand, when God rescued the people from Egypt, uh, it, it was accurate to say that he brought them out of Egypt and he saved them from the uh, slavery that they were under, uh, under the Egyptian rule. That's true, right? It's not accurate to think that God simply rescued them and set them free. End of story. That's not accurate. That's not what happened. God rescued them from Egypt for a reason, for a purpose, right? He, he, he brought them out to learn how to serve and follow a good God A good master, a kind and loving God. He brought them out to learn how to serve and follow a a loving ruler, to be his representatives to the world. A world that was full of enslaved and struggling people and, and people that were living where they used to be. A people that they could relate to, that they could say, hey, we've been where you are, but listen, we now serve a different kind of master, a good God. And as a result, they could be an example to follow. They could lead people to know and learn about this good, loving, kind ruler that they're now following. Fast forward some 1,700 years from the exodus from Egypt to Jesus' time, and guess what? People are still wrestling with who to serve. How do we figure out what's the right master to serve? And and the Jews had made a decision. They had chose to follow the one true God. The problem is th- that they had added so many rules and restrictions that, that following God no longer felt like following a good, loving, kind master. They had made it so difficult that now following God felt really more than anything, just impossible. It felt like failure was inevitable. No matter what you do, you could never do it the way God expected. And observing the Sabbath had become... A ridiculously overgoverned, rule-enforced day that left people feeling anything but free to follow a good and kind God. And, and as you read the Gospels, you're going to find that many of the conflicts that uh, happened with Jesus arose over how he behaved on the Sabbath. What did he actually do on the Sabbath? And I want to take a look at one of those conflicts, one of those events, right? And, and I want to look at it because I want to help us understand something and specifically think about contrasting and comparing two perspectives. The way that Jesus portrays God, like the kind of master that God is, if you're going to trade in, you're, you're, you're following one master for choosing a new one. How does Jesus portray God as a master, as a, a, a ruler to follow? And, and what can we learn about that? Versus, how do the religious leaders, the Pharisees, how do they portray God as a master? What, what, what kind of a God are you signing up to follow if you follow the God that they're describing? Okay? And so it's in Matthew 11, and then it rolls over into chapter 12, but it starts off at the end of chapter, at the end of Matthew, chapter 11, uh, verse 28. It goes like this. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. Now, let's just pause there for a second. Like right out of the get go, here we've got to understand, like Jesus opens up this call with, Come to me, you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, like all of you who are exhausted following your current master like doing life the way you're doing it like a slave to the grind you're only as good as what you can produce like you're only as good as who your following says you are right you just can't seem to live up to anybody's expectations he's like all of you who are just worn out by all these other ways of trying to accomplish like satisfaction and contentment in life cash all that in instead come and follow me and he says my way my way is gonna result in rest if you're looking for masters to follow one that says that it's going to start off with rest pretty appealing i don't know about you i'm kind of learning to enjoy naps right like He says, take my yoke upon you. And we talked about this back in our Acts series that what he's talking about as a rabbi or teacher of the religious laws, he is talking about the way that he interprets the law. So he looks at the scriptures and he says, this is the way I understand how you would obey these scriptures. This is how you would do the text. And the way he interpreted how you would do the text, he says, if you come and let me teach you, the way I understand the text, it's actually really easy. It's not burdensome. It's not going to wear you out and leave you exhausted trying to um, to uh, follow and believe in God the way I teach you to follow and believe in God. He says it's going to result in rest for your souls. He says my yoke's easy and the burden that I give is light. Right. So the way Jesus is portraying God is a master that's easy to follow, right? That that he's not going to wear you out. It's going to come with rest. Understanding him and and learning how to to follow his rules and guidelines is going to come easy, not complicated or difficult, all right? So let's pick it back up in chapter 12. It says, at about that time, Jesus was walking through some of the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off some heads of grain and eating them. But some of the Pharisees saw them do it, and they protested, Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Well, Jesus said to them, Haven't you read in the Scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? uh, He went into the house of God, and he and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? He says, I tell you, there is one who is even greater than the temple. But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand and the Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? And they were hoping he would say yes so that they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if, if you had a sheep that fell into a well and it was on the Sabbath, would you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? yes the law permits a person to do good on the sabbath then he said to the man hold out your hand so the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one then the pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill jesus their authority their influence the way that they were representing god was being challenged it was being challenged by a teacher who represented uh, a God in a new way, a right way, an accurate way. He represented that, that God was a God that was easy to follow. He wasn't burdensome. You didn't need all of these extra rules and regulations to know how to follow him rightly. And these are the still uh, the same kinds of conversations that are going on today, right? Like, what is God like? That's what people are asking still to this day. What's God like and and how does he want you to behave? Like uh, if you do choose to follow him, what does he expect of you, right? What's going to be required? How hard is it going to be to actually follow him? I mean, I've heard that being a Christian is all about what you can't do. And the list is long, right? That's, that's the way people talk about it. And there's so many people that, see God the way the Pharisees saw him. They see him at that, that God's a God's, uh, God is a God of rules and law and order. And he's a, a God who expects you to obey no matter what. And then he, he's like a God who is constantly on the lookout for you to mess up, but you've got to understand that's not who God is. That's not the kind of master he is. And to truly get to know God You have to look to Jesus rather than men. You have to look to the one who was with God in the beginning, who who was and is the living word of God. In fact, Jesus said that nobody can actually know God unless they come by way of knowing him. Right? Jesus is, in fact, the way to God. And maybe you remember when Thomas, who was known as the doubting disciple, he, Jesus was talking to them about his time that he was about to return and go back to be with the Father. And and that when the time was right, they would know how to find him. Well, doubting Thomas was a little flustered. He was like, how are we going to know how to find you, right? And Jesus responded to him then. And it's the same answer to us now when we're wrestling with, you know, Uh, how do we find God? How do we get to know God? The same answer is true for us today. Jesus said that he is the way to know God. He is the truth about God, that in him you can find life in God, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So do you want to know how to get to know the, the God of the Sabbath? Do, do you really want to know the God that we've been talking about through this whole series? The God who will rescue you from your current mess, the, the God who can you can trust, that He can provide for you, the the God who wants you to rest from all of your work, the, the God who calls you his own. Do you want to get to know the God who doesn't demand that you earn his approval by all your work, right? The the God who says that his ways are easy. If you want to get to know the God of the Sabbath, it all starts with choosing to trust and follow Jesus and being set free from our sin, free from our demanding taskmaster's Throughout our life, uh, free to follow a loving God, a, a good and kind master. Like that comes as we put our trust in faith in Jesus. And then as we commit to get to know Him, we begin a journey to actually get to know God. We can start to actually think of ourselves along this journey the way Paul thought of himself, not just as a person that's free from sin but as a person that's been freed and rescued from our Egypt and rescued for a purpose, just like the Egyptians, just like Paul, rescued for a purpose. In his opening words to the uh, Romans in his letter, he talked about how he sort of sees himself. In Romans 1-1, he says, this is a letter from Paul a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. And the word slave in this passage is a Greek word, and it's called doulos, right? And it has meanings or several definitions of ways that it can be described. Uh, yes, one is a slave, but it's also someone in service to another. Another way that it's defined uh, is... Uh, A person that's devoted to another, to the disregard of one's own interests. A person that's devoted so much to the other person that they they disregard their own interests, right? That's the way Paul imagined himself, is is not just freed from sin, but freed for a purpose, to be kind of reassigned to a new master. Now a, a servant, to Christ, a slave to Christ to do his will and his bidding, even if it means his plans are set aside. That's the way Paul thought of himself. And so as we wrap up this series, I'd say, let that be our goal, right? To truly know and serve the God of the Sabbath. And I want to finish with just that, some goals or aspirations. We've been doing questions all throughout the series, things to help you think and ponder and wrestle with the text and see how God's speaking to you. And I wanna finish with some targets, some things for us to aim for in our Christian walk. And I want you to imagine um, writing these out, printing them out, putting them on your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator, like I'm gonna give you three of them and I want you to, to think about what would life be like if these three things kind of guided your direction, what you aspired for one day at a time. So let's look at them together. The first one is this. Uh, Number one, aspire to think of ourselves like Paul, as someone who is devoted to serving God to the point of putting God's interests above our own. How would that change your day if you got up in the morning And you saw that on your bathroom mirror and you thought, you know, I want to, I want to think of myself the way Paul, the way Paul thought of himself. I want to, I want to be a person who is so committed to the Lord that, that if, if something comes up today that I feel like is really in God's best interest and it's, it's in competition with something that I had planned, whatever is in God's best interest trumps that that's what I'm going to do. That's what wins my choice, right? What what if we lived that way? Let's look at the second thing. Second goal, number two is this: commit to get to know Jesus. Apart from knowing Him, uh, most of what we hear about God is rumor, speculation, and secondhand hearsay, right? Like we all hear anecdotal stuff about who God is and what God expects, and and people say different things, but bag all that like if you want to really know who God is get to know Jesus he is the way to God he is the truth about God in Jesus and nowhere else there is eternal life so focus there commit to get to know Jesus like what would that look like as a goal like to dig into the text like a detective and learn everything you can learn about Jesus who is he where did he live what did he talk about what did he teach about What did he not teach about? Maybe why not, right? Like, what did he seem to care a lot about? What bothered him? What made him angry? What made him full of joy and excitement, right? Like, learn everything you can about him because as you do, you learn about the Father. Third thing is this, and this is a big one on the heels of this series that we're just finishing up, is number three is honor the God of the Sabbath by following his command to set aside a special day to remember to trust, to serve, and to rest. What if that was something that was stuck on your fridge and you're like, this is a commitment I want to live by. This is a goal I want to accomplish. I want to honor the God of the Sabbath. I want to commit to setting aside a day, to remember where I came from, to remember the things that I've been enslaved to, to reflect on how trustworthy God is and how good He has provided for me over the years and, and months and maybe days. And I want to rest and just thank God for His provision. What a difference these things would make. What if you would commit to these three goals for weeks, months? Like, what kind of a change would it make in your life three months from now, six months from now, if you just simply chased after these three goals so that's my challenge as we finish up this sabbath series and uh, if you are going to take communion with us which i hope you are now is your cue to go and grab your elements for communion i'm going to do the same and then we're going to finish with communion together and i'll tell you a little bit about the series that we've got coming up after our labor day break so let's grab communion and take it together in a second well, every week as a family, we take communion together, and it's, uh, it's one of these things that we do so that we don't get far from remembering what Christ did for us on the cross. Like Sabbath is an important time where we be in a rhythm of weekly remembering and setting aside a day as special. Communion is about helping us remember that on the cross, once and for all, Christ paid the price for our sins and that in the tomb he conquered death and through the resurrection we can put our faith and trust in him that our sins are paid for that that death is conquered and that through faith in him we can have life now and abundantly and eternally have a friendship and a relationship with the lord and so those are the things that we reflect on and remember as we take communion this morning we remember that on the night jesus was betrayed he took bread and he broke it and as he gave thanks for it, he told them this is, uh, represents his body, which is broken for them. So as we take the bread, let's remember the body of Christ. And after supper, he took the cup and he said this cup represents uh, a new covenant, a new agreement, which was sealed with his shed blood. And so as we take the cup, we remember the blood of Christ. Well, let's pray father god we love you we just are so grateful for this um opportunity that we had to dig in and learn about sabbath lord to to really maybe for some of us for the first time to really chew on and wrestle with what does it mean to set apart a day as holy and special why do you want us to not forsake that time why do you want us to obey that commandment and and as a good God, as a master who's loving and kind and looking out for us, what's in store for us when we do? And I pray the lessons that we've learned through this series, Lord, will just just keep stirring in our hearts. And just, um, Lord, guide us to conviction and obedience. And we love you, and we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us at rlcpullman.com and by connecting with us on Facebook. Until next time, have a great week.